Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we've got Nana Edwards back on the show. Walker and I argue about Kimba's mom and this. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it's just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I only have one question. It's for our guest. He hasn't been on in quite a while. It feels weird to refer to him as a guest. But did you miss the music, Mr. Nada Edwards, who joins us today? Did you miss that intro? Of course I missed it. What are you talking about Did I miss it? Y'all don't call me for an entire summer. And this is, again, bubbly then Walker, you leave me. Then the podcast leaves me. And again, of course I missed it. No one, no phone calls, no text, no nothing. I barely see you at the Spectrum Center. Walker, what is this? All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for Nada joining us. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to talk about the Boston Celtics game. Look, that was aggressive, man. Like, I know you're the one that talked about logistics on Twitter, although you did question whether we did really want you on the podcast. We do. We got I you did. here, and we're... We're glad that you're here, Nada. Okay. Okay. I'm not okay. sure about Thank Doug. You. Doug hasn't said anything yet. So well, I'm, I'm just, sure. I'm getting out of the way. I mean, you just come in here, you're, you're, you're hot taking already, just on the show. You haven't said anything about the game yet. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just getting out of the way, just letting you get air it all out, you know, get, get all of your anger out. And so we can talk about this game. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Nada. So let's talk about it real quickly. Let's start with the start of what happened last night. Kimball Walker got emotional because of the video tribute. Awesome tribute. I would have gotten emotional as well if I was Kimba. I did shed a tear a little bit. What did you make of all of the festivities that happened before the actual game took place? Like, here's the thing. I was like, I I cried. I will admit this. I was on front row. <laughs> I cried. I cried. I, it was bad. It was everything that it was supposed to be. It was a 90 seconds of pure Kemba. And then after that, I felt nothing. Like my feelings, emotions went. You felt nothing? What do you mean you felt nothing? nothing? Like I was numb after that point. Like after that point, like nothing. I was numb. I was dead. And then we get to like the game, basically. That was it. Man, I'll tell you what I was going through. I thought that I was going to be cool with watching Kemba play in a Boston Celtics jersey in the Spectrum Center. That actually got to me a little bit more than I thought. It was very weird. I couldn't grasp it. You know, it's like seeing a player that had been playing in a different uniform the entire time and, you know, and you see him in a different one. It's just the enti- it's just so weird to watch Kemba the the same exact style that he played with in Charlotte, but he's wearing a Boston Celtic uniform. He did seem to really enjoy the city, right? I mean, we know that it, his mom, we'll get into those comments real quickly or in, in a little bit, I should say, but his mom spoke with, I believe, the Boston Celtics sideline reporter and kind of shed some light on the way that this ended, saying it was a nasty divorce. And I, I just, it was just, it was cool to see the video tribute, 
for Kimba. It was cool to see the way he reacted. It was cool to see him interact with all of the players for the Hornets. And then it was just kind of weird to watch him play basketball for a different team in the Spectrum Center. It was weird. More, It was more weird to me to see how just like those spots that you expect him to hit from, he wasn't hitting from and you knew he was pressing. It was similar to the night that he broke the scoring record where you knew he was pressing. You knew he wanted to put on a show for Charlotte. You knew that he wasn't it, like this was going to be special. A night so special that I might add, neither Michael Jordan nor Mitch Kupchak was in the building. Mitch was in New York. Michael, we don't know where he was, but Secret I find bunker. all that interesting because just I, I, I don't like you expected a special night. We didn't necessarily get it, but at the same time, it like you said, Walker, it was kind of weird to watch him in that jersey and watch him press at the same time. It was a nightmare for TNT because they they do so much at the beginning of that game to like hype up not only Kimball Walker's return to Charlotte, but they were hyping up Terry Rozier and and a potential revenge game from him. And then you had Rozier start 0 of 6. You had Kimball Walker start 0 of 6. And uh, <laughs> neither neither could really get into a groove. Nah, I was that, that was probably the weirdest part of this, where they like neither of them could get in the groove. Rozier was just like, I know you guys were talking about who was going to do too much. Like, Terry took that, like, it was Dwayne Bacon's award to start, and then Terry just snatched that from him and just ran it away and threw, threw up a half-court piece like he was caught in banks or something like that. It was that bad from Terry Rozier. And I felt bad for him because, again, at some point, we had to talk about the fact that he was getting booed in the third quarter, which I thought was a little bit much. Well, and getting back to Terry Rozier, I thought that Terry Rozier, I don't think that he was selfish, right? Like, I think a lot of people came in with the expectations that Terry Terry might try to take over, might try to play one-on-one against Kimba Walker, show up Kimba that this is my city now, this is my team now as the point guard, and then also try to show up Boston. Why didn't you pay me? I should have been the one that you prioritized over anybody else. I thought a lot of people maybe anticipated Terry Rozier might be a selfish player in pressing that way. I didn't see that last night. I honestly just saw a bad game from Terry. He just was really bad. Now, that's not to say I don't think that the Boston Celtics got in his head a little bit. I certainly think that there is a correlation between him playing poorly and the Boston Celtics probably having something to do with that. But I I don't think that him playing the Boston Celtics made him selfish in any way. I, I didn't watch him and think that he was trying to take over and do too much. I just thought he was really bad last night. And maybe that did have quite a bit to do with the Celtics, but in no selfish way, in my opinion. No, I I agree with you, Walker. Uh, Just watching Terry Rozier play and watching the Hornets play in general, I I saw the same exact Hornets team that I've seen win against Indiana, Golden State, and Sacramento. They just ran up against a team uh, that could play better offense and better defense than any of those three teams combined, and and that's why they, they ended up losing the game like they did. And Terry Rozier... I mean, he was getting good looks, and he was reading the defense. The, the problem was that Boston was ready for it, and Boston was dropping Tyus every time that uh, that Terry Rozier got free. And Tyus, you got to give him credit. I mean, he just went straight up, uh, defended uh, defended Rozier very well, and Rozier didn't finish. Uh, now, there were a couple of turnovers, I think, early that really you know hurt the Hornets' ability to get off to a good start. I, I would be you know, just more critical of those turnovers by Terry than 
than anything in terms of him not finishing at the rim because you have to remember the past two games he scored 20 plus points for the Hornets doing exactly what he did against the Celtics which is driving and and reading the defense and slow you know change changing speeds and and he just put it in the cup in those two games it didn't in this one yeah one thing I also did notice was that Terry wasn't the only one that couldn't finish at the rim last night. Right. I mean, yeah. It was everybody last night. Like, you talk about the verticality of Daniel Tice, and it worked. It between him, I can't remember, Poirier got a few minutes, Devontae Green late. Like, they did a really good job of staying vertical and not fouling and challenging these shots. And outside of the P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Tony Martin dunks, like, it was relatively successful at the rim. And unfortunately, when you combine that with the fact that they couldn't hit water from the ocean from three, yeah, that's, I mean, at some point, that that's going to be a bad combo no matter who you play. The starting lineup was bad for the most part. Miles Bridges actually played okay in this game. I thought there was some offensive responsibility that looked like it had upped a little bit more from him. And I, I, I liked what I saw for the most part for Miles on offense. Yeah, yeah defensively, d- you're defensively, right. No, he's he atrocious. didn't do anything for me. Uh, no, no, you're completely right about that. Defensively, he gets beat back door constantly. And it's a little maddening at this point. Like it's getting Malik Monk level of just watching people go right by him as far as just, I mean, how many times have we seen somebody beat him back door where he just has a complete mental lapse and then he gets frustrated with himself and then kind of slams the basketball real, real quickly off the floor and into his hands again or he did it against Indiana where he slams the basketball against the goalpost and goes in his hands again like we've seen that with Miles Bridges get frustrated but I do think offensively he looked okay not I do want to get to a tweet that you had in your thread last night about having a conversation about Dwayne Bacon like we've had a lot of conversations about Dwayne uh, you see him once again he made one three-pointer but only three of nine Uh, the minutes you know he only had I believe 13 last game against Indiana gets 21 in this one you know what what's your overall evaluation of the way that Dwayne Bacon has played and how long of a leash you give him right now I like Dwayne Bacon and I'm trying to give him that requisite Steve Clifford 20 games thing I like him I think we need to start having a discussion if he was going to be one of those guys. And I know we talked about this, I believe, Tuesday, Walker. Like, this is going to be one of those times. This is one of those times where if we're going to hold him to a certain standard, if we're going to hold him to, we expect this guy to possibly lead our team in scoring or being the second leading scorer, then we have to get on him a little bit for not showing up and not scoring. And on top of which, getting beat just as badly as Bridges as a Malik Monk having those same mental lapses but not the same accountability at least critically that's my issue with Wayne Bacon right now like if he's hitting more shots he's doing a little bit more to help he's doing more to distribute then I'm cool with what he's putting up in terms of scoring but he's not doing anything else and he's not being the defender that we all thought he could be it's beginning to be a little bit of a problem he's looking like the second round guy that was drafted in the second round for a reason. Nada, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, just how happy have you been overall with the way that the season has played out to this point? Four and four. I know we went in with zero expectations. Overall, you have to be pretty happy with where we are right now, right? Oh, absolutely. You get, here's the thing. If you're upset about anything, then I'm wondering what you expected. This wasn't going to be a 35-win team. This team wasn't going to compete for the playoffs. At the same time, 
I'm loving everything that's going on. I'm looking forward to what, like Cody Martin, I didn't expect anything out of, and I didn't think he was going to be very good. He surprised me without really putting the ball in the basket outside of one real, one time. I, I mean, there's no, there's nothing that you can really be upset about. This team hasn't been the 7-59 version of what we thought they were going to be, and I don't think anybody can be upset with that. All right, that's Nada Edwards. Follow him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe, producing a lot more written content for Dime. So make sure, again, you follow him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. And Nada, dispatches you, from Spectrum. He's got a new newsletter out. It's a fantastic newsletter. I just subscribed to it, Nada. Great work on that. All right, appreciate awesome stuff. It. Nada, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. No problem. I'll see you all around the bend, man. All righty. All right. All right. Thanks again to Nada. And again, follow him on Twitter. He's get, he's putting a lot of content out there. Nada the scribe. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about the Hornets game last night against the Boston Celtics. What our view of the Kemba reception was. Also, we've got a listener question from Andrew on Twitter. It's all up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And would, you, would, would I have liked to see a few more shards? Sh- shards? No, I would not have. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. My favorite part about this time of year is sweater weather, leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's all about ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win and if you join right now my bookie will double your first deposit you put a hundred dollars in they'll give you another hundred dollars on top of that it's that simple use promo code locked on nba to activate the offer and that's promo code locked on nba all one word no spaces to double your cash visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid and doug on the wake-up call i've got a lock of the week that i've been putting out there oh boy i'm six i'm six and one right now lock it down. my lock of the week this week is boston college beating florida state at home boston college is two and a half point spread I've gone with Boston College one other time, and I won when I said they would destroy NC State. So Boston College, baby, that's the pick. If you want to make some money, go to mybookie.ag. Uh, any takeaways from the game last night for you, Doug? I know we were talking a little bit with Nada. What was your overall emotion watching Kemba Walker go through the tribute video and just watching him in a different uniform? I'm happy for Kemba. I, I think he's in a great situation, and I, you know, I, I think it's a great situation for the Hornets too. They get to move on, and they've got some great young pieces now. I just think this is a this is a perfect breakup. Like if you're going to break up with your star player, to me, this is perfect. And I did hear the comments from, yeah. from Kemba Walker's mother. We didn't get to that with Nada. I can play that. I've got that pulled up here on Twitter. Let me see if I can get to the part where she has the the quotable here. And- you know, he wants to win. He's a winner, you know. And staying in Charlotte was kind of slowing him up. And, you know, I think it was just time for a change. You know, it was a nasty divorce, but it was a well-deserved divorce. So, to me, this just sounds like a, a wonderful mother sticking up for her kid. I don't, I don't really think that it was a nasty divorce. You know, I think... Kimba has a lot of love for Charlotte. He said per, he said personally he has a lot of love for MJ, and he obviously loves the fans. This to me this is not like a Jimmy Butler esque 
exit where there just seems to be bad feelings all around. I just think this is a mom. This is what my mom would do. This is what your mom would do. If somebody bullies you at school, they don't take up for the bully. They're they're always just like, no, my kid is perfect, and you know this is great for him. I don't, you know, that's fine. Um, but I but I think that uh, this is a perfect situation for both uh, both parties. And I was happy for Kemba. And I wore his all-star game, his first all-star game jersey while I watched him because, you know, just a tribute for him. And that's it. I'm over it. I'm, I'm done. I just want to watch basketball now. Okay, that's fine. I hear you on that. I took a little bit more from those comments than you did, I think. I, I think that it probably was a little bit nasty. Has Kimba said, but then, here's the thing. Has Kimba said anything? Has Kimba said anything that not would give publicly. you any? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That, this is a mom. This well, is a mom that's, that's sticking up for a kid. I think this is a, a mom that loves her son. And is. It, I just don't, I don't buy that. I just don't buy it. Okay. No, I do. I definitely do. And especially because I think there have been a couple of, are you it's angry a biased that I buy party. That? No, it's just a biased party. <laughs> I mean, it's the most biased party you can listen to as someone's mother. Yeah, but I don't think that she said that with any kind of tantrum, though. It was just kind of very matter of fact. And I think that Kimball Walker has talked a little bit, and there have been some comments about how he felt like he deserved to be paid more. And I but wonder you what would describe that as a doors. nasty divorce. Like, I just don't know. To I me, that's not a nasty Doug, divorce. It's two people that were like, hey, we've got different priorities. See you later. It might be a biased party, but it's also a much more informed party than I am. And it's a much more informed party I've than anybody else I've been through some nasty breakups, is. and they were nothing like that. They <laughs> well, were nothing I'm, like there was no there was no uh, belongings thrown on the street, no no back and forth in the press, no subtweeting. Like this is this was not a nasty divorce. Okay, I'm sorry. look, I mean, Kimba was pretty adamant about wanting to stay here in Charlotte, and that didn't happen. And I, it makes it makes that pretty hard when well, one any, party wants look, to end it any, and the other any, one doesn't. Any kind, any time something like that happens, or you have a separation, it's going to be difficult. But difficult is different from nasty. I mean, we're getting into semantics now. It has nothing to do with basketball. It, it, I'm just ready to watch the semantics. games. No, we are getting into semantics, but I do think that maybe if you don't want to use the word nasty, then fine. But I think at the root of our discussion is I think it probably was a little bit worse than was let on behind closed doors because I thought it was very matter of fact the way she said it. I didn't think she took a flame torch to the organization, but I also think there have been actually a few things that Kimba has said that, you know what? A much more informed party than me can see how that might have gotten a little bit worse than we had given it credit for. But if you want to talk basketball, we can move on. You know what was nasty? You know what was nasty? When the what Hornets nasty, got dog? Hornets got the lead, their their deficit down to five in the second quarter, 41 to 37, thanks to PJ Washington's defense. He had five blocks in this game. He was fantastic on the defensive end on a night when he wasn't feeling it offensively. And that's what this team needs. They need to play tough defense even when their offense isn't going. PJ Washington, perfect example of that. Those blocks were nasty. They get the lead. They get the deficit. I keep saying lead. They never had the lead. They keep getting the deficit down to five. And then Zeller, with an opportunity to, to make it three, misses an absolute bunny. I mean, it could not have been an easier shot for Zeller to make. And he misses it. That's nasty. Yeah, deficit and lead, that's not semantics. That's just flat out wrong word usage. Well, I corrected myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's and not And that's even what's semantic. important. It's important. Yeah. It's, it's okay if you get it wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, you either have to correct yourself or just defend the thing that's wrong. All right. It was a lead. No, I actually I wasn't wrong because of the lead mm -hmm. it was Boston's lead and mm -hmm. the Hornets deficit. It's the same thing. PJ Washington was the only one that was giving you anything nasty defensively, though. Like PJ, everybody. Cody Zeller was uh, Cody Zeller. You mentioned the bunny, but looking elsewhere, Dwayne Bacon wasn't good defensively. Miles Bridges, it really is a problem, Doug. It's bad. I mean that 
it, it's it's every single night too. Like yeah. I just don't see any kind of development on that side. I mean, he constantly loses guys. I got to give props to Devontae Graham in this game. I thought he had a couple of great defensive plays, and and he hasn't played well defensively this season. And I thought he had a couple of nice plays. And then Cody Martin again had some great defense and threw down a couple of yammers uh, that I that I really love. But the pro so um, can we get to this listener question because it actually has something to do with this. Sure. We have a listener question here on Twitter. Andrew tweeting in some questions for those who know, would we have gotten any better results with Kemba so far? Do you think the team would have been any better with Kemba at this point record wise? We can go. He's got several questions. So let's go through these kind of quick. Yeah, I think that if Kemba was on this team, you look at them possibly beating. I don't know. I mean, look, so they got destroyed by the Timberwolves. They got destroyed. No, I don't no, think the answer I think is, right. I think I think the right. is no. I, I think you're right. I think the record is exactly the same. They may yeah. have won and lost games slightly differently than this Hornets team would have, but I think you're, the record's probably the same. Uh, strong bench or weak starting five? Uh, weak starting five. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, we keep winning. Uh, we keep winning the bench point battle. That's not a good thing anymore. You shouldn't do that game after game. Like at some point, it's nice to have bench scorers. But at some point, your starting lineup has to come out and set the tone for these games. The the only reason that would be different is the way that Devonte Graham has played. I think he's been legitimately good. There have been a couple of stinkers in there, but that would be the only reason why you give a strong bench any play. Why all of the turnovers? Oh, because I, I think that you look at Terry Rozier trying to figure out his way into this offense. Mm-hmm. I think Devontae Graham is just a younger player with more responsibility. Same thing can be said for really every single other younger player on this team. You give them more responsibility. They're guys that are trying to figure out their place, trying to figure out exactly what to do. I think that's what I would chop up all the turnovers to. Just young basketball players getting a lot of run. I'll point to one thing in particular with Rozier. You've mentioned that he's uh, Chris Paulian in the way that he probes the defense, changes his speed, slows it down. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander also having some success with that type of, of probing. It's way different than Devontae Graham, who who really is just lightning mm-hmm. towards the cup. And if he doesn't so if he doesn't get it, then he pulls back out, you know, just runs up baseline or or finds a passing lane. The problem with Rozier so far is because he's not totally in tune with where everyone is and will be, he gets to that pro point, slows it down, the defense reacts and collapses and cuts off his passing lanes. And instead of, I think he doesn't want to be perceived as selfish. So sometimes instead of just pulling up and taking a tough, you know, tough runner uh, or or just pushing pushing his way to the cup, sometimes he does look to pass. Those lanes are cut off for him, and that results in turnovers. Uh, Martin, Cody Martin, too soon for the starting five. Oh yeah, hundred percent, way too soon. Doug, he's been he's been very good at times. To like, there's still some lapses here and there, but the energy has everybody on a high right now. There's still some problems on that side every once in a while, but he's legitimately a good defender. Man, he is awful on offense, and yes. he's scared on yeah. offense. He's, he's scared exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I would. Man, we are in tune, except for that whole Kimba discussion that we had. You and I are like lockstep <laughs> because I, that's the problem with Cody Martin right now. It'll be a problem probably for the next few years and. And whether or not he figures that out um, on offense, because when the ball hits his hands, unless he's skying for a dunk, you know, unless they deliver it to him right where he's able to score quickly, he just completely panics and, and is a it is, is a turnover problem. So that's that's the issue with Martin. And whether he figs, figures that out or not will probably 
um, you know, depend on if if he has a career in the NBA moving forward. But so far, you got to love his energy on defense, and that's been a positive. But yeah, way too soon to put him in the starting lineup. So that's all of the questions. Andrew had like a six pack of questions. Thank you uh, uh, for sending that to us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. You can send your question there, or if you're a Patreon member, make sure to hit up that voicemail. We want to hear your voice. We want to put your voice on the show, and we want to answer your questions. God, I feel drunk off that six pack. Thank you so much, Woo! Andrew, for dropping by. Indochino is the world's largest made to measure Sweating. menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase Cheeks of $399 open. or more at Indochino.com when entering locked on. Again, all one word, Mouth no spaces. Locked on at checkout. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the things you may have missed in the NBA throughout the week on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Dehydrated. This is Locked On Hornets. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body and then mid making fun of other people doing that. You said, I will say this, though, the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 2040 vision. So okay. um, that me I'm pretty sure. Or is it 40, 20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save tonight. One of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're going to try to do something new during game day, during game night. We're going to be tweeting out Twitter polls from our handle at Locked on Hornets. So make sure you're following us and following us specifically during game time as well at Locked on Hornets because we're putting out polls. We did so yesterday. Doug, what kind of poll results do we have from the things that you put out there? All right. First up, who will do too much tonight? I put Kemba, Rozier, and then Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller took this one 45%. (laughs) Rozier had 41%. Next up, is Reggie Miller right? Does everyone love a good wedgie? 58% 58% of you said no, 42% of you said yes. And then finally, uh, the tussle. I don't know if you saw the – oh, you of course you saw. You were in yeah. the arena. Miles Bridges, Marcus Smart, they got into a little bit of a thing, and Miles is is still yapping about it on Twitter, and, and Marcus is probably yapping about it to anyone who will listen. Um, but the tussle brings up an important question. Who has the better name with regular words in it? Is it Marcus Smart or Miles Bridges? Miles wins in a landslide 89% to 11%. I think Marcus Smart has the better just individual word. I like the name Smart, but Miles can go first and last name with two words there. And so it's a matter of do you like just the one single word or do you like having two there? Even though I like Smart better, that's a tough one. I'll tell you what's not smart, picking a fight with Miles Bridges. I I think that dude can throw hands. I would not want to fight with that guy. I, I think so, too. A lot of people are calling Marcus Smart fake tough. Like, I don't think he's fake tough. I think it is legitimate. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm not well versed in the Marcus Smart fights that he's apparently, quote unquote, been in. But I'm with you. I mean, everybody was quick to point to the fact that Miles Bridges is from Flint. And so I would imagine that I don't know anything about Flint, but I just know like Miles Bridges just looks like a dude. I don't want to mess he's a big with. dude. He's a big dude. And also my family got excited for me last night because my family is Indiana Pacers fans, at least my dad's side of the family being from Indianapolis, got to see Reggie Miller up close and personal last night. Pretty cool moment because he is the legend up in Indiana. My brother's favorite player collects all Reggie Miller basketball cards. So pretty cool for my family to see Reggie. He's a, he's a bad, he's a bad commentator, but we still love him up there in Indiana. And he dropped, he dropped the four pillars. He he like, he laid all four pillars out for everyone to hear. There's four pillars. (laughs) 
<laughs> talk about the cognitive dissonance that I experienced when you tweet. You texted me that because obviously I was not watching the broadcast. You texted me that I w- that he said and dropped the four pillars line. And There's yeah, that's pillars. the cognitive dissonance. He's the only one that can drop it. Okay, so what we like to do on Fridays is, and in case you missed it, segment something maybe you have missed throughout the week that happened in the NBA world. We like to do this just to get everybody caught up. So here it is, in case you missed it, on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So I want to tell you guys about a story real quickly. It might be my favorite moment that's ever happened on the wake up call. So we got tickets to give away to listeners that call in and answer a trivia question uh, correctly. We had a P1 call in, which means that they are listeners that are going to tune in every single morning. His name is Eric. We love him to death. Really nice dude. Love Charlotte sports. Called in, won the tickets, gave them to him. He was good to go. We see a tweet from Eric earlier yesterday mm-hmm. that he had a beautiful baby girl oh. the morning of. So congratulations to Eric. Little PN and one. we thought, okay, well, having a baby girl on the day of a Hornets game that you were supposed to go to, imagine he's, not gonna, imagine he's not going to go to the game. Obviously, got to take care of mom, got to take care of the new baby girl. So cool. We get a call from Eric today uh-huh. about 9 o'clock. Eric calls in, kind of shocked. Hey, Eric. Um... You doing all right, man? I was a, <laughs> <was> a kiddo. <laughs> they, 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 thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk, that's fine. I can patch you through real quickly. So we patch him through. We get him online. We open up with, Eric, we're a little surprised you're calling. How are you doing? He's like, no, I, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. You know, I just wanted to talk about the game last night. <laughs> Eric, what? Eric, you had a kid. And Molly goes crazy, who is my co-host on the wake up call. Same with Bobby. We're all dying laughing. We're like, wait, Eric, did you go to the game last night? Yeah. You know, me and my brother went yeah. to the game to go see <laughs> them play the Boston Celtics. And we're dying at this point. Guys, we're tougher dying. than Jimmy Butler. And, and then so and so we we give him a little bit of hell for going to the Boston Celtics game. We, we actually say that he's our hero. Me and Bobby say that he's our hero. Molly gives him hell more so than anything, saying, what the hell was your wife thinking? And he said, no, she convinced us to go uh, that we wanted to go have a good time. I was like, OK, fine. If she convinced you, then whatever. But then, Doug, after we were doing that, he was like, yeah, I just had a couple questions. So this this guy had a baby girl. That was about seven hours old before he decided to go to the Hornets game. And then he's calling in the next morning on his way to the hospital, by the way, is what he told us. And he's like, guys, I'm really concerned about Dwayne Bacon. What's going on with Dwayne? He hasn't been playing well. And I just want to tell everyone that you are not the biggest Hornets fan in the world because that guy is the guy that's calling in the morning after his daughter is born. His daughter is not 24 hours old yet. She is not 24 hours old yet, and he's calling in because he's worried about Dwayne Bacon's shooting percentage. It was the most amazing moment that I've ever experienced. There are a couple of shots in that Boston game that I'm pretty sure his daughter could have knocked down that Bacon missed. (laughs) Cody Zeller's layup. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, Bacon, too, drove drove to the basket a couple times and missed some bunnies. Let's get her suited up. Uh, I was giddy listening to all of that, but, Doug, I know you have some NBA sound. It was from a great press conference earlier this week. Let's check it out. My favorite sound of the week, this comes from Lloyd Pierce, head coach of the Atlanta Hawks after they lost by 20 to the lowly Chicago Bulls. Coach, it's easy to talk about all the things that you guys did wrong. We saw there were some bright spots tonight, you know, particularly <laughs> no, there Jabari Parker. Jabari? No, there wasn't. Jabari <laughs> He had a couple of solid plays, I'd say. I mean, what are some positives that you can take away from this? I mean, I guess it was a bad game, but how do you go moving forward? What are some positives that you do tell this young core? That the game is over. 
<laughs> I'm just going to stop it there. No, uh, it's you great. Go, yeah, go watch the whole thing on Twitter. It's uh, at Fox Sports, no, at Hawks on FSSE on Twitter. But fantastic. I love the reporter coming in there trying to do the thing where you go, hey, you, you lost by 20, but give me some positives. As That would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look. Or you, you can't lose the Bulls by 20 and come away and go, well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. Yeah, she tried to throw that Jabari Parker, I think, scored 18 points, and Lloyd was like, stop, stop, stop it. it. Jabari can get 18 <laughs> points in his sleep. That means nothing. The thing that we do here is acknowledge that the game is over and take that for the best news that we could have possibly gotten. Jabari Parker, sneaky athletic. Also oh, sneaky like, athletic, P.J. Washington. Some of those blocks, w- you have to admit. You have okay. to admit now that he is sneaky athletic. He is doing some things that you didn't think he could do. I would have given you the sneaky athletic nod had he been able to land that jam. And the fact that he even attempted to dunk that's on it, everybody man. like that, that's the one that gets me. Like, the blocks are just great help side defense, good job, great mental awareness. That dunk, though. No, no, no like, that shade, that, that chase down dunk. block that he had after the guy had driven by him. Because, again, P.J.'s defense is good in the interior, but when, they, when, when he's got to face up and guard somebody off the dribble, it's really difficult for him right now. But he doesn't give up on the play, chase down, knocked it up against the backboard. That's athleticism, well, baby. What would make me admit it more is the fact that he tried to make that dunk. I mean, that was crazy. Cody Martin had an excellent one last night, but the fact that P.J. Washington even tried to yam on him, that was insane. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Hornets. Appreciate you joining us all week. We'll be back next week for more Hornets Talk. Mm-hmm.